This is Janelle Wood, and you are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. Hello, welcome friend. The Finding Something Real podcast is an intentional journey designed especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. As someone who's been through my own ups and downs with faith, I desire to create an invitational place for people to process and address questions about God and Christianity. Finding something real is about finding restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Those are things I believe we all desire that Jesus Christ has the ultimate answers for. I tell people I don't just believe in Jesus because he's changed my life, although he has. I trust in him because he's radically real and there's nothing better. So if you find that all hard to believe, I understand that. And if you're skeptical, hey, you've come to the right place. But I invite people to go on a journey with me. So today we're diving deeper into season six with questions curated by my co-host this month, Gaia from Italy. The way this podcast works is a little different than other podcasts. Here, every month we try to invite a different young woman to share her story, to talk about her questions, and then we invite on Christian guests who can address her honest questions or topics. So this month, you're listening to episodes curated by my friend Gaia. Gaia shared about her history with religion, and she talked about faith questions she is asking. If you haven't already, I highly recommend the last two episodes where we have been diving into Gaia's faith questions with special guests. I've been so grateful for those talks. And next week is a new month, and I'll be introducing a new co-host. But I want to make sure you know that we've got more content coming with Gaia. We're planning on releasing those episodes in July. Really wonderful guests and Gaia's questions, especially her questions around God's character and the Bible. And I'm really looking forward to sharing that content with you as well. But today we're talking about something that keeps coming up in our conversations together. Gaia said God loves everyone and she doesn't believe that he cares who we love. But if he does, why? Stories are powerful, and today's episode is a story. Today's guest shares his story of following Jesus, and he talks about something very personal, being same-sex attracted, and what that means for him, someone who loves God and wants to follow him. I almost guarantee that no matter who you are, you will find today's guest and his story compelling and challenging. And his love for Jesus, pretty amazing. There are some pretty great quotes in here today, but one that really stood out to me, something our guest said that I felt like was pretty profound, was this. My goal is not to let my desires influence how I live my life, but let my love for Jesus influence and his design influence my life. I can't wait to share this story with you today. And we'll dive into this conversation in just a moment. But first, a few words regarding stuff that helps keep us on the air. Hi, friend. This is Tara Catherine, assistant producer here of the Finding Something Real podcast. This podcast is supported by listeners like you. So please comment, subscribe, like, follow, share all the things. And one of the biggest things you can do to help keep this podcast on the air is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
We love your reviews. Your public feedback is a huge help to show others that we're not alone over here. So will you please do us a favor, as long as you're not driving right this minute, will you hit pause and go write a review? It won't cost you anything but maybe 30 seconds of your time. Maybe you'll even hear your review here on a future episode. This week, we would like to give special thanks to reviewer Light and Wonder Yoga. They simply say, keep them coming. Thank you, Light and Wonder Yoga, and thank you, listener, in advance for helping tell others about this podcast by leaving your review. Hi, friend. This podcast is sponsored in part by Faithful Counseling. Life is full of ups and downs, unexpected twists and turns, and sometimes we struggle with all that can come our way. Faithful Counseling will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist who is also a practicing Christian. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And as someone with a master's degree in counseling psychology and whom at various times in the past 20 or so years has benefited from seeing a professional therapist, I know the value that professional counseling can bring because we all need someone to talk with and Faithful Counseling can help. Please visit faithfulcounseling.com slash finding something real to sign up for professional faith-based counseling. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. There's also a special offer for Finding Something Real listeners to get 10% off your first month at faithfulcounseling.com slash finding something real. Thanks again to Faithful Counseling for being a sponsor of this episode. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. Question, how do you reconcile what the Bible says about homosexuality with a good God? Is God good or fair if he doesn't allow some people to fulfill their sexual desires? And aren't there some things in the Bible that weren't meant for today's modern reader anyway? And if God is good and fair and what the Bible says about sexuality still applies today, how do you live in a world that tells you you're intolerant and hate-filled for your Christian beliefs? If you've ever asked yourself any of those questions, you're going to want to listen to today's episode. This is your host, Janelle Wood, and friend, you are listening in for season six, where we are starting off each month with a different young woman sharing her faith story and allowing her the space to ask some tough questions about God and Christianity. And this month, we are featuring conversations with or for a young woman from Italy. Her name is Gaia. She's here today. If you've listened to our episodes this month, you know that Gaia had a lot of questions about faith. Um, In the episodes we recorded so far, which we'll link in the show notes, Gaia has shared some questions she has about God's character, suffering, sexuality, and sin. And she's also shared her faith journey. I think it's fair to say that Gaia is actively searching for something real when it comes to relationship with God. And she's been eager to be here for these conversations, which is such a joy because I think these episodes are always better when I'm joined by the co-host with the real questions. She's here today. Gaia, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. Hi, everyone. Hi, Danelle. And hi, Zach. (laughs) Thank you for letting me be here. It's such a great opportunity. I'm very happy. And I'm very excited about um, finding out more about my questions and having them answered finally. <laughs> and <laughs> know more about all of my doubts. 
And this is really important to me as my faith journey really means so much. And I'm trying to have everything uh, straightened out for me to be more um, consistent in what I believe in. Mm. How are you liking this podcasting journey so far? How's it been for you guys? Um, I love it. <laughs> I'm loving it. it. It just makes me feel better every time I have this kind of conversations because it really brings um, brings out the best of me when I um, just join the Zoom call and I just immerse myself in this world that I never usually ever think about uh, throughout my day. So it's a chance for me to take that moment of the day to just reflect and think about things and look inside of myself. Mm. Well, I'm really excited that you are here today, and especially for today's returning guest. A couple years ago, he sat down for a recording with myself and my co-host Mariah. At the time, I was co-hosting with her. Mariah, at that time, was in a same-sex romantic relationship, and I'm pretty sure that that episode aired during Pride Month. (laughs) Um, He currently is on staff at Austin Stone Community Church and is involved with his church's engagement on the topic of sexuality. Previously, he spent five years touring with Unaltered Ministries. I loved our conversation back then. It's one I've referenced quite often, and I've been hopeful to have him back for some time. So, Zach Verrett, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. Thank you so much. I am excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, Zach, tell the listener what you've been up to the past couple of years, because it's been a long time. Yeah. Gosh. Um, I have stayed in Austin. I love uh, the city and love the community that uh, God has just given me. Um, and um i have done a variety of things i finished up the residency at my at my church it was a two-year program and then i spent about uh seven months in uh, working in a coffee shop in austin and then uh recently not recently almost a year now i uh, came back on staff at, at my church um, and all the while have been very passionate about how my church engages in conversations around sexuality and so uh, it's been a really fun and challenging uh, thing, um, but consumes a lot of my free time. So. Yeah. Are you speaking at other churches too, or do you primarily work uh, from Austin? Uh, primarily in Austin, yeah. Very, very passionate about the local church, and I know my limited capacity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. so for those listening... Uh... <laughs> You're not taking guest speaking uh, engagements at this time. (laughs) Well, I feel especially privileged that you came on here, even though it's not necessarily part of your local church ministry, Zach. Um, Gaia doesn't know your story, and it's very compelling. Um, So would you mind sharing about your faith journey? And I can ask some follow-up questions to that, of course. Great. Yeah, uh, Gaia, it is great to to meet you. Uh, and I, uh, just even in your intro, I just love that you're asking all these questions. Cause I think, I think that's a great place to start. And I'm super honored, um, that you would welcome my input as you're asking these questions. So yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for, you know, asking these questions, allowing me to speak into it. And hopefully I can say something that's helpful as you continue this journey, but yeah, a little bit, a little bit about me. I uh, grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
Uh, and um, a lot of my early upbringing was um, involved in every Christian circle that I could, from Christian school, church, um, and, and whatnot. And uh, overwhelmingly, the, my experience uh, was pretty positive. Um, and at the same time, I can look back and see some some scars from that uh, time, and, and mostly um, had to do with my sexuality. Um, as uh, as a young man that that continually found himself uh, myself being attracted to my guy friends and and hearing uh, and thinking the things that my guy friends were were saying about other women. Um, I didn't really have a concept for how to understand that, um, and let alone reconcile that with my Christianity, because uh, the message that I was getting from from kind of the culture around me, the the Christian narrative that I was hearing was that gays hate Christians and Christians hate gays, and and so that's that's kind of was the world I grew up in, and so I had no way to reconcile those those two things. Um, and so that led me to, to thinking the only option, um, if I wanted to love Jesus, which I did, if I wanted to follow him, which I did, uh, that, that meant that I had to hide these desires and attractions down deep within. I couldn't allow myself to recognize them. I couldn't allow other people to know about it. And I especially couldn't let God know about it because if he did, then he, he probably would reject me. And so I spent most of my upbringing um, hiding these same-sex attractions. Um, and it wasn't until my first year out of high school, I joined this uh, touring ministry. Um, and uh, it was just an incredible experience that I got to, to travel around the United States with 12 other 20-somethings um, that love Jesus. And um, we didn't really have a lot figured out, but we uh, were willing to engage in really hard conversations with, with each other. And I would say that's where my love for Jesus really fostered uh, and grew. Um, and my second year, um, actually, I, I, I looked it up in my journal. It was eight, eight years ago, uh, on this upcoming Tuesday, exactly is kind of my coming out anniversary uh, if you will that's a thing um but i heard a, a sermon from the church that i'm a part of now that that talked about the topic of sexuality and same-sex attraction um, and really it was a catalyst for me to address these desires that i had been hiding and ignoring my entire life up until that point um, and it allowed me to bring them to god for the first time because uh, really the, the core message was that there is nothing that can separate you from God's love and affection. And um, yeah, <laughs> and that was pretty, pretty uh, earth shattering for me as, as someone who assumed that my gayness or my same-sex attraction was the barrier for a relationship with God. And so um, that was that was the first time that I started to open up to other people, uh, started to open up to God with these things. Uh, and then the question quickly became, okay, so what does that mean for me? Um, and as I was kind of reflecting recently, um, eight years later, I'm still asking the same question. Um, the difference is 
I don't really know and I'm okay with not really knowing what that means for me. Um, but what, what God has showed me in those early years is that to follow after Christ, to pursue a relationship with him means that uh, he is better than anything else we can ever get. And, and the goal for the Christian is to, is to fall in love with him more and more so that we would align our desires and our, um, our the things that we do, our life, uh, that in a way that would be pleasing to and honoring to him. And so as, as I continue to dive into what the Bible says and to understanding this topic and, and coming to, to believe that, that God created our sexuality in such a beautiful way, um, and a picture that represents a male and a female in marriage for a lifelong union uh, that represents Christ's love for his church, um, that I, I want as someone who has desires outside of that design, um, my, my goal is not to, um, not to let my desires influence how I um, live my life, but let my love for Jesus influence and his design um, influence my life. And so there's a ton there that we can unpack. And I'm sure that's, that's, that's the section that we'll be talking about more. Uh, but yeah, right now I'm, I'm single. I am um, loving my community uh, and the, my friends and um, the families and siblings that uh, God has brought around me um, and just, um, yeah, thriving at where God has put me here in Austin. So that's a short version. version. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing it. Um, yeah. Something I love about you, Zach, is that uh, you're so, it's so easy to listen to you share because you come mm -hmm. from such a place of, um, and I, there's just a softness about you that's really inviting. Um, well. And I, I'm not, that's maybe that's the wrong word, but it's just um, I mean that in the best way possible. It, it's very invitational, uh, your story. Um, so, Gaia, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what Zach just shared. So um, I love everything he said. I just love his journey. I'm so curious about you. And I'm really, really grateful for just this moment because this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to meet someone in this situation and what I'm looking for, because I just don't think that God cares about who we love. And I don't think there's anything in this world that could be an obstacle in uh, between us and God and our love in God. So I really wanted to meet someone that experienced that kind of doubts and experienced that kind of questioning and uh, kind of struggling to understanding the yeah. essence of the relationship with God. So I, I don't know, I'm really excited to hear more. I'm really looking yeah. forward. Well, that's a good, a good segue there. Zach, do you think God does care about who we love sexually? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. It's a big question. Um, and I, um, I think God is intimately involved uh, in our lives and intimately cares about our lives. 
Um, and I, I think, um, God, God's design, it, it's so easy to, to take scripture and to take the Bible and, and even the concept of Christianity and to break it down into a list of right and wrongs. And this is what you should and shouldn't do. And that can be helpful, but I think it can also miss the heart of, of God. Um, and his, uh, God, like God designed the world in such a way that would actually lead like that obedience to him would actually lead to our flourishing. Um, obeying him and, and surrendering our lives to him. Like, like we are actually made for that. We are made to, to not fill uh, the God sized hole in us with created things with uh, money, with sex, with relationships, like all these other things um, that we look around us to, to try to satisfy and fulfill us, they will never satisfy. And, and that's because I, I think that's evidence of, of God creating us in such a way that we are made for a relationship with him. Um, because that's how he designed us and, and he wants our good. And so I think I think the first question is, um, is what's the first question? <laughs> I think the first question is, 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 is aligning your heart and your life. Is God worth it? That's the first question. <laughs> is it worth, is God worth your absolute everything? Um, and then I think it's a segue into what does that mean for my life? What does that mean for who I love and who I sleep with and my, my list of right and wrong. And so to get to the question of does God care who you love? Um, I think absolutely. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's because God is a mean, um, god who just likes to create a list of right and wrong and, and make you obey that but i think it's because he actually loves you enough that he wants to see you thrive and flourish and that happens within how he created the world does that does that start to get to answering yeah, your question get clear yes yes definitely so let's go to that first question you brought up zach uh I mean, this is a pretty direct way of saying this, but you're celibate, you're same-sex attracted. Um, yeah. Why is God worth that? Yeah. yeah. There has been, um, as, I, as I think think back, uh, you know, I've, I haven't lived a ton of life, but I'm 20, 28 now, and um, had have had quite a few different experiences um, traveling and all the fun things. Uh, and there has not been one person that has been there for me through it all. Uh, my community has changed. My relationships have shaped. I, I live, you know, 24 hours from my family right now, um, my, and my biological family. And so uh, just there's not been that person or a person through throughout this 28 
years of my life. Um, and when I think about my relationship with God, uh, he is, he is the one that has been most intimately connected throughout every part of my journey. He has never left me. He's never forsaken me. And he knows all the quiet moments of my heart. Uh, he knows all the lonely nights. He knows all the times when I doubt and struggle to believe and trust in him. And he knows the, the things that bring me the most joy. And, um, and when I think about um, what he did to, to bring me into that kind of relationship with him through what Christ accomplished on the cross like I wouldn't keep anything on the table when it comes to my relationship with God like I see knowing him as as the surpassing worth of, of anything else in this life and so um, I think it's in light of understanding the good news of the gospel that um, that God is freely, given me um that i get to respond and say that is the sweetest thing and i wouldn't trade it for their, anything in this world guy what are your thoughts on that wow <laughs> i am very you know focused and concentrated in what he's saying because it's it's purely amazing i love listening to this <laughs> mm-hmm. It's very interesting. You know, I struggle a lot with this kind of topic because I hear a lot of sayings about this, especially in my um, my community as the culture is different. So people are certainly close-minded and it's like way less common to meet Mm -hmm. and see and hear about gay people. But uh, I mean, I, I know gay people that believe in God and I know gay people that go to church. I know gay people. I personally closely know them. So I know, I mean, I trust this. I believe that they love God and I know that God loves them. So at this point, I'm like, okay, God cares about who we love. But what if I don't love um, what the Bible says that I should love? So the Bible says that I should love a boy, that I should love a man. What if I don't? Is is God still going to love me even though I'm not doing something that the Bible says? Am I doing a sin? Is that a sin? Do you think homosexuality is a sin? Such a good question. There you go, Zach. <laughs> yep, there we go. Thanks, Janelle. You sure don't want to take take it? Great. <laughs> I mean, I, you go for this. You go for it. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, I, I think, um, gosh, Sorry, trying to remember a couple of the layers of the question, but um, I think uh, same-sex uh, sex and same-sex um, uh, romantic relationships uh, would um, are outside of how God designed um, romantic sexual relationships and outside of his design for marriage. Um, I think there's people that um, are way smarter than me um, that have gone gone through a lot of the um, 
the actual passages in in the Bible, done all the Greek and stuff, and and I'm not going to try to attempt to <laughs> to do that. Um, but uh, I think some of the most influential people that have been helpful uh, are Preston Sprinkle and uh, Dr. Julie Slattery um, in in this conversation. Um, so I'd defer you to to studying those um, kind of resources that they put out, but. I think the overarching narrative has been the most compelling and most helpful for me as I asked that question. Um, and I would say when we look holistically at what does the Bible say, it's really a story about marriage. It starts in Genesis with Adam and Eve, and it ends in Revelations with the wedding supper of the Lamb. And, and all throughout Scripture, there's intertwined this union of two different God and his people becoming one. And um, it is one, it's a story of, of God saying, I'm choosing you. I love you. You are mine. And his people going, I love that. Also, I don't really care. I'm choosing other things. And then coming back to God and then rejecting him and then coming back and, and God continually pursuing, 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 uh, and eventually sending, sending himself in the form of Christ in the form of a man to, to sacrifice himself so that there can be a union, uh, that, that breaks through the sin that, that was the barrier to that oneness and marriage, I think only makes sense in light of it portraying and displaying that kind of imagery. And so I, I don't, I'm not just convinced that um, a same sex relationship or marriage is, um, is condemned, but I'm more convinced of, of the design of an opposite sex marriage because of its connection to God's love for his church. And so I don't think a same-sex marriage can portray that. The sameness of a, of a same-sex marriage can portray that in the same way that the oppositeness of, of a male and female coming together can portray the oneness um, that is, is clearly... Um, the arch narrative of the Bible of, of God and his people uh, becoming one. There's a ton more there, but that's kind of like the, how I most helpful, what has been most helpful for me as I think about answering that question. I want to follow up with uh, a thought that Gaia did, did mention um, when she asked that she said, okay, so God cares who I love. I know people who are, you know, go to church, they're in same-sex relationships. I don't like that God maybe cares that that's not right. So now what? And yeah. does that kind of get back to the question of, is God worth it? Because it feels like it's kind of that full circle. Am yeah. I, right? I, th yeah. I think so. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's, there's going to be all things throughout all of Scripture that uh, should rub you the wrong way. Like if you... <laughs> Yeah. If you fully read through scripture and you're like, yeah, great. Um, I 
don't know if you read through it really carefully <laughs> or, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, we're not God. And so we didn't write the Bible. And so there's going to be things that uh, go against our desires. And, and um, I think that is a result of the sinful nature that, that we have desires that go outside of God's design all the time. Yeah. And so there's going to be things that, that come up against um, what is what feels so natural, what is natural, the, the things we love and desire. Um, and, and yeah, I would say at the end of the day, the question is, even if I don't fully understand, even if I don't really, really, I don't get it, I, it rubs me the wrong way. It's really hard for me to believe. Is Jesus still worth it? And for me, that answer has been yes. And I, I would hope, Gaia, that that in this journey, that's where your um, thoughts kind of terminate as you wrestle through a lot of these complex conversations um, that you would see the surpassing worth of Christ. And you would say, I still got a lot of questions. I still got a lot of questions. <laughs> but but I think Jesus is, is worth continuing to pursue. Um, so that's my that's my hope but yeah I think Janelle that's a great way to full circle well I don't know if we talked about this in our previous conversation but I mean any sin right can separate us from God uh, anything that we do that's outside of God's design um, and we we're knowingly doing it knowing that his word says uh, don't don't because it's yeah. not for your best interest it's not for your flourishing and then we do it anyway it never leads to this great place. Um, I know in my personal journey, you know, in my late teens, early 20s, I was in a relationship that I knew wasn't glorifying God. I knew that I should get out of it. I was convicted. And I just kept doing it anyway because I liked it. And I didn't want to listen to God on that area of my life. He could have everything else, but not that. And it didn't end well for me. <laughs> you know, like it ended in a place of a yeah. lot of brokenness and repentance and turning to him eventually, but not before I was in a pit of my own making. Um, it wasn't flourishing, you know, and I think I, I remember listening to Francis Chan talk years ago about the most miserable people in the world are people who say, you know, like, I want to follow you, God, but you've got one foot over here and one foot over here because you don't fully trust the goodness of God. You know, it's like, ah, I want my thing too. Um, But Zach, I wanted to ask you, and and then I'd love to hear guys' thoughts on some of this, but, you know, um, a lot of people who hear your story may be tempted to feel sorry for you. Um, They may wonder why stick with a God who won't let you have what you want. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how you respond to those sentiments. And then also, as I was like preparing for this conversation, I was thinking of what the Bible says in Psalms 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Have you found that as you've delighted in him, as he's better than anything else, um, he's given you your desires or is changing those desires? I know that's a big question. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I think uh, the operating assumption for uh, people that, that experience same-sex attraction. Well, the operating assumption for this world is, is that uh, you need romantic relationship to be satisfied. That you need sexual fulfillment and expression to um, experience intimacy. And, and I would challenge 
those assumptions. Um, I, uh, I think that is, I think it is a false narrative and a false perspective, uh, that leads to a lot of the, um, false equation that, that often assumes that I'm gay and if I don't have sex and I don't have marriage, that means I will be miserable and lonely for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and by God's grace, he's, that has not been my experience. Um, I think one of the most um, helpful and compelling things I've, I've read is, is Julie Slattery's um, content, um, Rethinking Sexuality, her book. She talks about how underneath every desire for uh, underneath every sexual desire is a desire for intimacy. Um, and intimacy can be met in, chiefly through, um, through our relationship with God and through deep non-sexual relationships w- with other people. And so where I have felt the, the lack of um, intimacy from a sexual companion or romantic relationship, uh, God has, has met me um, through deep intimacy with him and deep intimacy with, with people around me. And I think intimacy is just knowing and being known by. Like there's nothing off the table for uh, me and God, and there's nothing off the table for me and some of my closest friends. And, and that has produced such uh, such joy and such satisfaction in my life that I know because I have married friends. I know that you don't get in marriage and I know you don't get in sex. Um, and uh, yeah. And so I would, I would say um, in the kindest way, if please don't waste your pity on me, if, if that's your perspective. Um, yeah. Cause God has been really kind. Okay, Gaia, I'd love to hear how all this is sitting with you. Um, It is definitely the first time I um, firstly talked to someone that, as you said, it's kind of stuck with a God that um, seems like doesn't let him have what he would like in his life. And it's also the first time I talked to someone that has experienced this kind of things because it's not something usual it's not common it's not simple so um it is actually very how can i say kind of sad that people would um think he's miserable because he's actually uh, achieving more um answers than anyone in this world and he's actually achieving a lot of experience that i actually wish i had (laughs) so i i hope one day i will be just as wise as you are because that's very impressive. Well, it's 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 crazy to consider uh, even just thinking about my own journey um, because it's not the one that I would have chosen for myself. Um, but as I as I look back, there has been no other thing more than my sexuality that has caused me to ask really hard questions, which has led me into the deep intimacy that I have with God. And, and because of that, I I wouldn't change it for the world. I I feel like you 
you look like you have such a strong intimacy with God. Mm. So oh. that's very beautiful. What's the what's the, what are the practical secrets there, Zach? <laughs> Gosh, take it away from the theory. What do you do to foster intimacy with the Lord? Friend, if you're enjoying this episode, you may also enjoy exclusive bonus content each month. Finding Something Real is a podcast that has some costs associated with it. We have a website, monthly subscriptions to stay organized. We design things. We like to pay an assistant producer who keeps things going around here, that kind of stuff. We're not in the business of trying to make money, but we are in the business of wanting to keep this show going and be sustainable. So we use Patreon, and if you haven't heard of it, Patreon is the best place for creators to build memberships by providing exclusive access to their work and a deeper connection with their communities. Each month, patrons who support Finding Something Real get a bonus episode where we recap the month's episodes. Often those episodes feature our co-hosts, and they will often share what this journey was like. There's other perks over there too, and it's easy to get involved. Just go to findingsomethingreal.com and click support at the top of the page. We'd love to have you over there in our Patreon community. I think so much of um, fostering intimacy with God is, uh, <laughs> is sitting in his love for you. Um, it's it's like allowing yourself to experience his love. Uh, when I think about my own sinful heart and the ways that I daily uh, want to run from God and I want other other things to satisfy me than God, uh, and the fact that each day, each moment, He's still inviting me back to a relationship with Him, you you can't experience that for long without that changing um and i think my my tendency is to want to be perfect it's to want to do all the right things and um my relationship with god has been really humbling because i can't i continually fall short um and so coming before god even after i've sinned and after i have run from him um, has been the toughest thing for me because I'm going here, here I am. Are you going to reject me? Uh, and when I'm continually met by his grace and love and affection again and again and again, that, that has fostered a, a trust and a, a, a intimacy with him. Um, and then I, I think it's just, um, for me, so much of intimacy has been fostered over really hard times. It's been fostered over times of not getting the things that I want, uh, times of uh, experiencing a lot of brokenness and friendships, uh, times of feeling lonely, times of um, feeling overwhelming sexual desires and, uh, and just <laughs> inviting God into that space and crying out to him um, and asking him hard questions. And so, um, yeah, it's not really a formula. <laughs> it's, I feel like to foster, to, to foster intimacy with God, I don't think it's, um, it's a relationship. And so, um, 
I think the questions to ask are like, how well are you allowing yourself um, to know God and how well, how well are you allowing yourself to be known by God? Um, does that make it a little more <laughs> practical? <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. To know God. Um, what are some tips for that? How do you know who God is? Yep. Thanks for the layup. Um, I, uh, God has revealed um, himself uh, primarily through scripture, uh, through his words spoken in scripture. And so I don't think you can separate a relationship with God outside of uh, his, his word and his text. Um, and um, namely, the person of Christ, uh, I think it's first, um, or Colossians one talks about, uh, that, that Christ is, is the essence of God. He is the fullness of who God is. And so we, if we want to know God's heart, if we want to know if God would see sinful people and, and love them or hate them or reject them, uh, then we have to look at how Jesus interacted with humans. And um, we don't find that outside of the scriptures. So um, to, to know God is, is to know and fall in love with his word and to be immersed in it. Um, and uh, I think simultaneously, uh, God has um, part, of, part of the grace of the gospel is that it's, it's so personal and intimate. Uh, but that's also true for each and every single member of God's family. Um, and God isn't, hasn't just saved me, uh, but he's saved all of his children. And so he's given me brothers, like brothers and sisters, that is a status because of the blood of Christ that will last into eternity. And, and these brothers and sisters are, are people that can help me, um, show me the image of God, show me what he's like and remind me of the truths of God. So Bible community. That's good. Okay, guy, ask anything you want. Yeah, give him any hard question. He's here for it. <laughs> no, I just wonder. So have you ever thought in your life, you know, during your past that you were actually doing like committing a sin? Have you ever had that feeling? Yeah. Um, like in general or about uh, same sex about same sex yeah um yeah i think i think most of my understanding in in growing up was that my saint that even to be attracted to the same sex uh, was a sin um and so i i think that's what caused me to hide my same-sex attraction was because i thought that to be gay was to be a sin and i um yeah I, I don't think um that that's the case because uh because of the way that that scripture talks about um our inherent sinful nature um and because of how uh, scripture talks about temptation. And so we, we live, if we're reading through Bible, we live in a Genesis 3. So after the fall, uh, Adam and Eve has sinned and, and it's affected all of humans' uh, sense. 
which means there there's innate desires in us that to to do things to act outside of God's will. And so to have a desire that doesn't align with God's design is part of what it means to be human this side of the fall. And that includes my same-sex attractions. So, does that make sense? No, the answer. Um, Zach, I remember something you said last time you were here. Uh, that stuck with me. Um, you mentioned that sometimes the hardest people to talk with about your decision to um, to not give in to the sexual desires you have are other believers. Um, would you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's been really sweet recently because um, God has just allowed me to be a part of an incredible community here in Austin, and so um, I don't feel like I've had a hard conversation, uh, or I don't feel like this experience is that relatable or as poignant as uh, it was maybe last time we talked, but um, I. A lot of the time, um, yeah, Christians uh, can operate from a perspective that um, would say the fullness of life, uh, kind of, kind of. That's from a similar perspective and narrative that I talked about that I grew up in. um, Is that the fullness of life is found in in a heterosexual marriage um, and uh or marriage in general or romantic relationships and so it's it's kind of these these thoughts and these concepts that um we uh we get from the culture around us but like with slapped christianity over top of it um and uh it's it can be hard to engage on on those uh in those types of conversations uh because they're still trying to say that the ultimate fulfillment is not found in Christ and his family, but in something other than that, like a marriage. And so uh, that that can be a really hard conversations for me because um, those are the people that uh, are supposed to be there for me and, and support me in, in um, unique ways and encourage me in this in this journey. Um, but yeah, as I, as I said, I think I think overwhelmingly, especially the past couple of years, uh, that has been my experiences that I've been met with encouragement and, and, and endearment and uh, love and affection from from the Christians around me. So. Mm. Well, praise God for that. Uh, yeah. Your church sounds amazing. Um, what about? <laughs> it's broken, but it's... <laughs> but you know every church it's is. Good. So, <laughs> what about? Um, affirming churches or affirming Christians who say, well, the Bible, you know, it was changed in 1946 or whatever, and it really doesn't say that homosexuality is wrong. Um, why would God, you know, keep that from you? How how do you, is that a struggle as well? Or is that something that you're just like, well, that's not what I see in scripture. So I'm just going <laughs> to keep on going. I mean, what do you do? What do you yeah. do when you hear that? Yeah, I I think uh, especially when I, if I ever 
you know, if I ever get the chance to have these types of conversations, um, it looks drastically different depending on who I'm talking to. Um, and so I think my tolerance for being misunderstood has just increased over the years. Um, and I think that's fine. We look at, we look at the life of Jesus and we look at how misunderstood he was. He is the God of this universe. And even those closest to him, his own disciples, uh, didn't get what he was doing. He like rebuked Peter for, for telling him that he didn't have to go to the cross. And, and so, um, so I can be, I can be misunderstood. <laughs> um, and, and I, yeah, so I, I think it, those conversations look drastically different and mostly depends upon the the depth of relationship I have with the person. It's I'm, I, most of the time I care about, do they love Jesus? And, and if not, then let's stop there and let's talk about that. And um, yeah, I think the historical sexual ethic makes zero sense if you're not in love with Christ. Yeah. And it is unfair and unkind to, to try to tell a non-believer to, that they should live like that um, apart from a relationship with Jesus. And so, yeah. Yeah. Zach, you also said last time you were here, and I quote because I loved this oh and I shared it before. <laughs> you said, when we think about the gospel, it is always an invitation of love and affection before life change. Would you expound on that a little bit more? What did you mean by that? And for someone listening who's not familiar with the gospel, who says, well, I'm not in love with Jesus, uh, would you share why it's an invitation of love and affection before life change? Yeah. yeah. My uh, probably favorite scripture in uh, story of story from scripture in the life of Jesus uh, it is the one I got tattooed on my arm. Uh, what does it say? It says, come and have breakfast. Oh. It's John 21, 12. Uh, and, and I think it's a beautiful gospel summary. And so that's, that's why I bring it up. But I, I think um, the, the story is uh, Peter is one of Jesus's disciples. And, um, and he, um, in the hour that, that Christ goes to the cross, we, we see Peter deny knowing God three times, knowing Jesus three times to, to the people around him, people that ask him. Uh, and there's a, an embarrassment on Peter's part to, to even want to be associated with, with Jesus. As Jesus is dying on his way to die for Peter's sins, Peter says, I want nothing to do with that man. Uh, and Peter remembers the, the prophecy that Jesus said that he would do that. And, um, kind of, you see this like wrecked with guilt and, and, uh, Christ goes to the cross. He takes on the burden of sin, the wrath that we deserve each and every one of us deserves, um, because of our sin, because of our rejection of God. Uh, and, um, he takes on that for those that would profess him as the Lord and uh, he rises again three days later and we find Peter uh, back on the back fishing back doing what he was doing before he met Jesus Um, and as soon as Peter recognizes uh, Jesus walking him on the shore um, he swims to him and uh, and 
stands out and the very first words out of Jesus's mouth to Peter uh, on that shore were, come and have breakfast. It wasn't, hey, remember the thing that you did when you denied me? That, that sucked. <laughs> he said, come and have breakfast. And then he cooked him breakfast. Like they shared an intimate, hospitable meal together. And then, and then Jesus asked him, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Uh, and I think that is a beautiful summary of the kind of affection that God has for us, that, that in our sin and our rejection is his invitation to you is not, not, do you love me? Like fix your life, get your stuff together and come to me. It's saying, I got a meal for you. Would you share it with me? Would you come be with me? And now <laughs> after that, like, let me, let me invite you into if you love me, then, then what would that mean for how you live your life? So, yeah, come and have breakfast. It's a pity that you're not on the speaker tour. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> I'm almost crying over here. It's so gosh. Uh, Gaia, what are your thoughts on that? And we just have a um, couple of final questions here. I love the tattoo and I love the meaning. And it's such a touchful, um, very touching and meaningful um how can I say it? Like it has such a deep meaning. And I, if I didn't know about the entire story, I would have never thought that's related to God. I was just like, okay, he just liked it. Quote. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love to too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's um, part of why I got it too is so that people would ask because it's not very well, <laughs> well known. <laughs> I love it. Do people ask? Do you get a lot of people yep, asking? all the time. That's cool. I was thinking yeah. about getting like Tetelestai right here, but yeah. I got like a temporary tattoo just to see how it played in real life. Not yeah. very well. Not very well. <laughs> no one really cared. <laughs> so maybe I have to go with come and have breakfast yeah. and see what yeah, happens. The full arm over here. So. You know, okay. tattoos, it's a secret evangelistic tool. What do you have there, Gaia? It's my host family's last name. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Incredible. I know you can understand, Janelle. <laughs> I do. Oh, my gosh. That would make me cry. Um, well, this kind of plays into what you just said, Zach, but on a practical level, how would you suggest someone loves someone in the LGBTQ community well while holding to a biblical view, a traditional biblical view of sexuality? Um, I, I mean, maybe you just answered that. Uh, invitation and affection before anything else, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the um, absolute first thing you should be concerned about is is how well you're engaging on a relation relational level um, to to offer love and affection and and care as you would for any <laughs> any other image bearer. Um, and and I think. Um, one of the sweetest things uh, you could do is actually cause confusion. Um, if they know you're a Christian, they probably assume that you hate them. And rightfully so because of how the church has, has poorly handled these conversations and, and done a lot of harm uh, in the past and continues to. Um, and so I, I think the way that you engage and care for them and love them if they know you're a Christian, they should. That should cause them to ask you questions and go, 
hey, I thought you didn't like me. <laughs> I thought you hated me, but I'm experiencing something else. So why do you love me? And let that be the grounds for which you can share the gospel and share God's love and affection and what you believe and, and how you apply those, those things. Um, I think that kind of, that kind of confusion can be one of the most helpful tools for Christians. That's good. And then would you speak briefly to the cultural narrative that says to love somebody, you have to agree with all of their life choices. I'm going back to that story of the tattoo on your arm, you know, Jesus, I'm sure did not care for the way that Peter rejected him, denied him and ran away, went back to his old life after three years with him. Um, Yeah, I'd I'd love to hear your thoughts on that before we close up here. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's one of the beauty of, um, of, of the gospel and saving such vastly different people like the, the friends in my life right now, some of them I have nothing in common with other than Christ has saved both of us. <laughs> and um, it is, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to get past that, I think, because we live in such a, uh, a context where sameness equals um, equality or, or whatever, and, and um, to, to love past differences, to to pursue friendships and relationships with people um, regardless of um, things that you differ on, I think is actually uh, a pursuit of uh, what the family of God looks like. It's a pursuit of a bunch of uh, different people. I was literally in church the other day and I was like, this is such a weird group of folks. Like this is so weird. (laughs) Like there's no reason for all us, for all of us to be here together. Uh, and the gospel is just, it just penetrates through every different cultural context throughout all generations. It like, it just, it applies and is good news for every single person. Um, and so I think we need to operate as we interact with other people that, that that is true, that the gospel is actually good news for, for that person, regardless of preference in politics or preference in sexual ethics or or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guy, I've got one final question, but before I ask it, do you want to say anything to Zach before we wrap up here? No, I just want to keep listening. (laughs) (laughs) Zach, every two years, you got to come back on here. (laughs) Well, Zach, the Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration eternity, authenticity, and love. Real is an acronym for those things. Restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Of those four gifts that we can find in relationship with Jesus Christ, and of course there's many others, but which one of those four stands out to you the most in your life right now, and why? Yep. I think uh, just kind of based off of this conversation, that authenticity, I'm curious to see remember what I said last time, but uh, uh, authenticity, (laughs) just that, uh, what does it mean to be authentic before God and before other people? Um, That has been the toughest lesson in my life, but been the most rewarding um, because of, because of the relationships that I have with people around me and with, with God. Mm. 
Well, I've loved this conversation. Thank you for being authentic and vulnerable and grace-filled. I think that's mm. the better word than soft. Mm -hmm. Grace-filled. Uh, thank you so Thanks, much. Janelle. Until next Thanks time. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus, I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.